You're listening to the Art of Play podcast. This podcast is about play, not just childhood play, all play. We are getting into different modes of play and how we can cultivate our personal culture of play as adults to make your human experience a little more playful and a lot more proactive. Here we are on another Friday. The weekend begins now, and for most of us in the States, we are on day 688 of the long weekend. If you are self-quarantined or socially distanced, truly hoping that you are all finding some ways to fill your days with just a spark of joy or find a way to brighten your day or even just find a breath of fresh air for real. We are all in this one together. And if you need some ideas of ways to break up the monotony, you can go back and give episode five and episode six a lesson. And if those don't work, really at this point, there's only like a hundred of you listening. So just call me. Let's chat. Okay. This fabulous Friday, we have a treat. Kyle Kelson is another one of my Boise All-Star interviews. He was a neighbor while we lived there. And his wife and I were in the same bunco group. I was getting ready to head back home from Boise and called Kyle out of the blue to see if he would be willing to pop on a mic and do an interview about the amazing things he has been up to in his life. And he showed up big for this episode, people. And I want you to just watch out for some of his more subtle advice, such as uh, acting on joyful past experiences and being consistent and having genuine self-expression. Uh, so without further any further delay, I'm just going to hop right into it. This is Kyle Kilson, everybody. Sarah, thanks for having me. This is exciting. Oh, you are so gracious to have me on such short notice, especially <laughs> running out of town. Hey, Kyle, can I throw you on a mic? So oh, it's you. so good to see your name pop up on my phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, Sarah. I know, blast from the past. Here oh, seriously, I am. yeah, no, yeah. it was really cool. Uh, so... I guess I'll just introduce myself. My name's Kyle Kelson, and I'm just, I'm kind of just an average American husband, father, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. working dude who likes to have a good time now and again, and yeah, just trying to, trying to be a good person in, in the world. Yeah. Well, and I'd say you are very successful at it. You have a very happy family. I know your wife pretty well, and she's amazing yes. and uh, she and I think that you both together make a really great team you're you know tag teaming life and that's it shows you're doing a really good job thank you yeah I kind of hit a grand slam when I married her <laughs> because we haven't caught up I want you to tell the podcast listeners kind of just a brief history of where you've been how you got to this point okay yeah so I mean pretty typical upbringing I had a well I would say non-typical in that we had lots of toys meaning snowmobiles and motorcycles whole lots of and boating and all sorts of stuff you know uh so we were very fortunate and blessed in that way but pretty normal i mean i was just into uh did a little bit of sports was really into drawing when i was young and uh you know video games just normal stuff i guess got really into guitar in high school as well and I still enjoy doing that nearly every day, play guitar. You kind of do this normal order of things in life where you're like, okay, now I'm at the age where I'm going to find someone to date and marry. And, oh, now I got to find a job <laughs> to work. Right, yeah. <laughs> Back in 2000, 
2006, 2007, when everybody was building houses in, in the States. Uh, well, I, I happened to get a job doing that as well with my brother-in-law, who was a builder. And yeah, I didn't know anything about home construction or anything like that, but somehow I had a job doing that, you know. And that was great until suddenly it wasn't for everybody. Yeah, about, that, <laughs> about that time that it wasn't great for everybody. Right, for everybody. Right? So suddenly uh, I had to, I didn't have a job because... Because no one had a job. Because no one had a job suddenly. Yeah. Uh, and I, in college, uh, I had taken some technical training for dental lab technicians, you know, making crowns and bridges and things like that. Uh, but my father, who was an orthodontist, uh, my brother had started a an orthodontic lab for some years. And I decided, well, I wonder if he has some of that old equipment left over. Maybe I can start up a lab making orthodontic appliances, like retainers and expanders, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of out of circumstance, I just started this lab and, I mean, and it's it offered some great liberties and it started to take off pretty quickly after I started it, actually. So that was nice because we had some money coming in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is important. Yeah. Well, and a lot more fortunate than a lot of other families at that point in time, too. Exactly, yes. You, you had that kind of, you had the background, you had that ability already, you had the connection, and you kind of put them all in a row and used it for your for your family's benefit. Exactly. It was the type of situation where dental technician or dental lab and or an orthodontic lab are similar but they're almost not alike in any respect people always make the comparison between apples and oranges this is like or excuse me oranges and grapefruit if you want to think of it that way okay so everything's very similar Mm -hmm. but two very different two very different things so all the training that i had received and worked in labs before didn't apply to what i was doing ah yeah new learning curve Yeah. (laughs) yeah but i just had to fake it and i would call up these orthodontists and dentists and be like Hey, do you need an do you need an ortho ortho lab tech? And someone would say, sure. Like, can you make this? Can you make that? And having never made a lot of these things, I'm like, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Just, uh-huh. And then I'm flipping through the books after I get these models and asking my dad, how what do they want now? <laughs> right. Yeah, but using the resources still. I mean, right. Yeah. And so slowly it started to grow, and I was like, all right, we can we can do this. I can do the self employed thing. And yeah, and it kind of took off, but then. Uh, I would say after, oh man, it's been 12 years now since I started it, it's become a little monotonous. Yeah, that's probably, fa- that's probably fair. I mean, especially for maybe not your passionate career choice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It just, but it just got to a point where I was like, man, does it ever get fun again? Or is my mom, my mom was just going to be on the grind and keep in mind, there's a, there's a step in the process. What it, and what I do, where I'm literally grinding on a grindstone these appliances. Mm-hmm. And so the whole term, like, keep your nose to the grindstone. It's really applied. Almost a literal thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, uh, and that's interesting and fun for, you know, a day or a week. But but just just like anything, you, you, yeah. you kind of you get tired of, of the everyday thing. Um 
and I guess in my in my job, I would listen to lots of books, lots of business books, lots of novels, and then I would also listen to podcasts and uh, YouTube. I started to look at some of these YouTubers and kind of rediscovered some of my interests. Like, wow, these guys play guitar and they have all these followers and they make this incredible music. Yeah. And then these people over here, they do all this artwork, make incredible pieces of art and it's entertaining. You know, it's not just about the artwork, but it's about kind of the show. You yes, know? absolutely. And it, it kind of started to ignite my uh, passion for drawing. And so, and I, I guess I should say the last job that I remember wanting to do when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to animate for Disney, you know, and yeah. I, I, I thought, yeah, that's going to be me someday. I'm going to animate for Disney, Disney. And I kind of got dissuaded from that uh, during that time. Even though I stopped drawing, I, I've always kind of looked, I've always observed artwork and drawings in particular cartoons you know especially mm-hmm. i love i loved cartoons growing up and so there's always been this little tiny bug in my brain is there any of that still left in you you know right yeah because you kind of wonder where did that where did that go and you kind of say as an adult i don't know we're gonna have to try out some things and see if we can dig it up exactly yeah i would say that the the reason i began to draw again in the first place was because I had seen some of these YouTubers just kind of pour some passion into what they were doing. I want, and for the first time in years, I was like, okay, I'm going to grab my pen and paper and I'm going to draw something. Yeah. And uh, slowly started to get, kind of rework those muscles again, I would say. Was it rusty in the beginning? Oh man, you you do not want to see these drawings. Was that frustrating (laughs) or was that encouraging of, I've been here before, I can... I can get there or it was just the passion project. It was, it, it was the passion project. I I had no expectations. So I wouldn't say that I was like devastated. One of the benefits of kind of redoing something as you're older is you have all this hindsight and you can, you have all these years of being able to observe things. Mm -hmm. And I think artists or people who draw need to be very good observers. That's kind of what they do. Yeah. You know, whether you're drawing hyper realism or, more stylized or just even surrealism. You right. got to observe and and pull things out of that that kind of make, that, make a subject. That capture the essence of what you're observing. Yeah. Right? In a way that translates to the onlooker. So I would say it was interesting to kind of have, I would say, just more adult qualities of being able to observe than like maybe when I was younger, but again, having no real skill in my hands anymore. <laughs> yeah, that muscle memory had to be refreshed. Yeah, but it was fun, and it and it I had no there was no pressure on it at that point to make it anything. Yeah, you know, a couple of years after that moment, and I didn't draw every day or anything. It was just kind of something I started to pick up again. I really started to look more closely at YouTube, and so I thought, I wonder if I could, and it was either play guitar. Or do drawings, do artwork. So I wanted something I could do every single day for it. at least a uh, hundred days was the first goal. Because Melena had heard by someone like, oh, if you post every day for 120 days, like something tricks the algorithm, you know, this whole algorithm thing that everybody's yes, trying course, to figure yeah. out, which is totally not true, but <laughs> there might be, <laughs> there might be things to it, but 
I think no. the consistency pays off no Absolutely. matter what. If you're if you're consistent, that's what the algorithm likes to see no matter what. Yes. Yeah. It likes to see regular regular quality content and regular activity. Yeah. That's kind of what the algorithm does, but it, it, it's not this magic number. But anyway, early on, that's what we thought it was. So we're like, hey, let's just, I'm just going to draw every day. I'll get some my drawing skills back. I, being, working in a lab, you tend not to talk to anyone, you know? Right. Hardly at all. Yeah. And so suddenly my ability to even speak started to go away. Interesting. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. I, I, I would be in social situations and settings and I'd be talking and all of a sudden like words would just disappear yeah, it's yeah. super embarrassing. Like, oh, I remember used I remember used to be like this really talkative, well-spoken guy. <laughs> and now I'm out of practice. On I'm that. completely yeah. out of practice. Yeah. yeah. And so it. And if you look at like my earliest videos, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about compared to maybe how I'm sounding now. Yeah. It's it's insane how wow you could not speak whatsoever. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, super super strange, and you know. That was another small, like, side motivator. Yeah. Well, <laughs> What's the right word I'm trying to well, find? by engaging, you then can rework how you're interacting with the world. I mean, they call it social media and social interaction for a reason. It really does hone all sorts of things that we connect about. Yeah, and you probably, probably know this, that, like, you need to almost be, present two or three times more your normal enthusiasm. Yes. And so for me, if you look back, and I knew this even going in, like, okay, I got to be more, more animated. Yeah, when you listen to yourself back, watch it back. Wow. Yeah. I'm so a, boring. <laughs> Am I really that boring in real life for sure? <laughs> right. Anyway, so all of that was good for me at the time. Um, and then, yeah, very quickly the the art skills started to come back again and the passion was really starting to, to grow. And, uh, so anyway, started this YouTube channel. It started to get a little traction. I wouldn't say take off. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I had, I had grown from zero to 300 subscribers in the course of those four months. But, um, a big opportunity presented itself. What, there is a, a YouTuber named Jazza, and he is a big art YouTuber, big creative art YouTuber. He's been doing it for over 10 years. He has almost 5 million, 5 million subscribers. And uh, he had a video where he said you could win his channel for a day, and there would be six people, and for this whole week, he would showcase a, uh, a video and a channel on his own channel. So he basically, basically it's like, you know, a huge presenter who anytime he posts a video, he's got an audience of potentially 5 million people. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a great boost. It's a huge sure. boost. Yeah. yeah. And what he was essentially saying is, okay, I'm going to put you on my stage in front of my microphone and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And that was the chance. So, um, I sent that video of him describing this contest to Milena, my wife. And I said, honey, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to lean in hard on this. I'm yes. going for this. Yes, that's <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. So what I did, um, do you know what stippling is in art? The dots. Yes. Yeah. So you take a pen and you, you just do lots of little dots. Um, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to make this kind of effect, but do it all with stipple dots? Not with a pen, but with a blowgun. 
Do you know what a blowgun is? What? <laughs> okay, hold on. I am don't. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> with a blowgun, you're gonna stipple with a blowgun. Yes, and to get so a blowgun shoots a, a little pellet about the size, you know, a little a little small dot about the size of your pinky nail. Okay. So each pellet can shoot a size about that big. And, you know, blowguns blow shoot little darts typically, but these were just pellets. Okay. So from 30 feet away, I had made this little jazz avatar, this little cartoon character of this famous YouTuber. Okay. And then we had this giant 9 by 10 foot circle for his afro. <laughs> what? And shot by shot, we made an afro on him with stipple. We ended up shooting, or I ended up shooting over 20, it, was, it ended up being over 26,000 shots. Yeah, 26,000. Oh, took my. Two and a half weeks. Word. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Yeah, you'll have to watch the video sometime. It's It was pretty yes. insane. So we'll, we'll put the link for sure in the oh, show that'd be notes great. so that we can, yeah, so people can see. This is amazing. Yes. Right. And the actual artwork itself isn't anything special. It's just this little goofy cartoon character with all these crazy dots around his head, but it was the audacity of the task, you know? Right, right. And that's what I tried to capture and make it more entertaining. I submitted that to Jazza. I had maybe an hour and a half before the deadline hit. So <laughs> really just, under the wire I had upload there. problems. Yeah, yes. so under the wire. I didn't sleep for like a day and a half that last di that last day. and But we got it up. We got it sent to him. They emailed me back a day later saying, that video had been shortlisted and we, it was being considered. And then two weeks later, they said, you're part of the group that won. What? Super cool. Super cool. That's amazing. That had to be such a fantastic feeling. Oh, it, it was incredible. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what your, what the outcome of you getting picked up by this Jazza YouTuber. Yeah. So I can kind of describe that he never told us when our videos would be broadcast. He just said from the week of January 13th to the 20th, your Somewhere video might be there. played. So that week I, I did, I, it was so hard to sleep because, and, and he posts at four in the morning, his oh, videos, because he's, he's in Australia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I had no idea. And so the first two or three days, I almost couldn't fall asleep well, <laughs> knowing yeah. if my video might be played. Right. And then the one night where I was just like so exhausted from everything, I did fall asleep. <laughs> that was the night that they played, the fourth day, uh, they played my video. And so I woke up having gone to bed with just over 300 subscribers to my YouTube channel to over 2,000 when I woke up in the morning. And by the time I went to bed that night, it was past 10,000 subscribers. Oh my word. Just a whirlwind. But... The art community on YouTube is so supportive and engaged kind and engaged. And, yeah. Yes. And they were super excited. And so that was fun to see. And then by the end of the week, I maybe had 15,000 subscribers. And um, yeah, crazy, super crazy. I felt like I, I, I had caught lightning in a bottle. And then three weeks after that, <clears throat> YouTube sends me this email saying, What? Can you keep a secret? That's, that's what it was titled. They said, can you keep a secret? I'm like, what the? From YouTube, From right? YouTube, right. Uh, I don't know, YouTube. <laughs> How big a secret. But, uh, and it said, we're going to feature you on our trending page in what? the next 24 hours. 
That's so crazy. So that and little, amazing. It's super amazing. Yeah, that little trending tab. If you click on there, usually every day you'll see something that says like creator on the rise and you'll see a handful of those videos of that channel selected. Um, and then the next day they put me on their, on the trending list and the views went skyrocketed. Um, oh my word. Really yeah. interesting to see the difference between the engagement of getting tons of subscribers from a niche art audience uh -huh. to the broader YouTube audience. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because I woke up and had all these views, but not as many subscribers. But oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Not as many subscribers, tons of views, tons of likes, some uh, more dislikes coming in. And then the comments was like, oh, man, the very first comment was like uh, some animal rights activist because I had <laughs> I had one video on there that was viewable when I inked some artwork with real inks real squid ink oh. like actual ink from a cuttlefish yes i used you know and they eat this stuff in spain and in japan and you right. know it's squid yes, ink it's and i ate some on the on the video and it but she hadn't she didn't want anything to do with it and so i haven't even like brushed my teeth yet and the first comment i see is just <laughs> you maniac good morning yeah oh like yes, oh man oh. Welcome to the broader YouTube audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. Yeah. Yeah. And then the very next comment was some dude from in Hungarian just saying, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You know, just like, oh, man. Well, here, here we go. Here we go. Yep. But again, so I felt so, again, like I had caught lightning twice in a bottle. Yes. How did this happen? And yeah, anyway, so. In the, in a matter of a month or two, my channel's gone from three hundred subscribers to two hundred or twenty thousand subscribers, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling super fortunate. Like this could this could go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's well, amazing. And you know, again, going back to just ten plus years of being on the grind, yeah. something that you're just you know you just kind of have to do. It felt like such a victory, you know. Yes, absolutely. To find that much. I mean, that much grit to finish something like that and then to have it pay off right. big. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's amazing. That's phenomenal. We're going to take a little break for a word from our podcast supporters. This podcast is fueled by the Oliver Fund. You can find us on Instagram at the Oliver Fund and at Art of Play Podcast. Yeah. So what do you attribute that kind of grit to? Is that, is that from your upbringing? You know, I think, I, I think I've always had this for certain things in life. I think that that type of tenacity or audacity, whatever you want to call it, was, has always, it's always there. Mm -hmm. It's just got to be channeled in certain areas. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that you've, found them, reignited them, and then used them in such a way is phenomenal. Yeah. Have you always considered yourself a playful person? I mean, you said you played with your family, right? And as a child, I did send you a question of, did you do you have any childhood toys and do you still have them? And I loved your answer. <laughs> yes, I, I would consider myself a playful person. I think maybe just learning 
as you get older, certain responsibilities begin to weigh on you, you know, with kids and job and all these typical things that we all deal with. Yep. For sure. Life. Um, And I don't know if it's like our culture necessarily, but, you know, there's always this pressure like, oh, just don't have too much fun in what you're doing or, you know what I mean? Like you need to be serious in these aspects of life and then you can have fun like. On your own time. On your own time. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's okay to have fun no matter what you're doing. Try to bring out fun in the mundane if you can. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Because I think that's how we started this life and we came in our pure, authentic versions of ourselves. We we were born on this earth as the purest version of us that we ever will be. And finding that, cultivating that, reigniting that as an adult – Sometimes I feel like is the chore of life of saying, <laughs> this is your job. Like I sent you here this way. Let's, let's figure out how to reignite that. And if by the end of your life, you can say, not only did you rediscover yourself, but you made them better, a better, well-rounded version of that pure form of yourself. I think that's where the success in life lies. And I love that you know exactly where to go back to to say I used to have this passion and I didn't necessarily carry it with me anymore but I would like to pick it back up I love that you felt the jump you had the absence you noticed the absence and you reignited it yeah yeah and I would say anyone who's listening to this if there is something that you were ever passionate about and still kind of have nagging feeling like you know, it was okay that I did that. Just go back to it. It's, it's, you should. Right. Five minutes a day is not that long to nope. go draw. Yeah. To go play guitar for five minutes, to go dance with your kids for five minutes. It is not that long to try and say, I will reattach to that joy I felt at that one point in my life. Getting back to your, the toy question. <laughs> Make me so happy. <laughs> I'm actually surprised they have some of these, but uh, these are called battle beasts. And they, like I was trying to think when you asked me this question, I, w- I never got attached to anything that I can remember really mm-hmm. except these little guys. And these are just, to describe them, they're basically animals, all sorts of animals. And they have like robotic, almost transformer gear on them. They're really small. They're about an inch and a half tall, each of them. And they each have like a hologram rub, a fire water or a piece of wood like a log and the idea is like rock paper scissors so you have your fire guys and they would be defeated by the water guys in different their designs and these were made by hasbro from 1986 to i think 89 so only three years but i loved them and they came in packs of two my mom would get them from me for me from time to time and then suddenly one day we went to toys r us to get more, uh-huh. and they and they, were they weren't there. There. they weren't they oh, were gone, oh, and I was really upset, I guess. And I'm pretty sure my mom asked for me, the clerks, and like, so where where are the battle beasts? Like, oh, they don't make those anymore. My mom told me this, and it like did not register in my mind. Right. Like, wait, what do you mean they don't make them anymore? They're my favorite toy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. What are you talking about? And she said, well, sometimes, you know, she, I'm sure she explained to me exactly what. Right. Yeah. In a nice way. As, as you try to do is guide your children through harsh realities of life. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
<laughs> and apparently I wasn't having it because she suggested that I write a letter to Hasbro and I was eight. So I did. I wrote a letter to Hasbro. Oh, and I so wish I had a copy, a copy of, of that, or a picture that letter. of the letter. Yeah. And you know what? They actually wrote me back. <gasps> I so wish I had a copy of that letter as well. Right. But, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, and they said, thank you so much for enjoying. I'm sure it was just all this formal stuff. Could have been. I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Thank you so much for enjoying our Battle Beast line, whatever. Unfortunately, we have to stop making them, blah, blah, blah. And I remember like holding, like being at my kitchen table, holding this letter all officialed up, you know, and still just being like, but why? Why are they taking away my... This form of joy that I've enjoyed <laughs> so much. Yeah. But fortunately, some of these survived. I've looked on eBay in the last couple of years, and these things are like 20 bucks a piece now. So apparently there's a lot more. Apparently there's a lot more of me's yeah. out there at my age who <laughs> had an attachment to these really things. Really enjoyed them and really <laughs> want to see them come back for their own kid's sake. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that you would ask that question because, yeah. It's fun. It warms my crusty old heart when my kids are playing with these at like church and stuff. Yes. I'm like, oh yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Totally you are the that. first person that I've asked that actually has said yes. Oh really? That actually has said <laughs> yes. But then Kyle added the and, yes, and I have them right <laughs> here and can show you. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, I kind of pulled these out from my, uh, from my mom's house. And once we started having kids, I'm like, oh, oh, they would love some would, of the old battle based, you know. Yes. Sharing secretly, the joy. Secretly, I wanted to play with them. Yes. But passing them <laughs> on, right? Pass on the joy. Let it not just die with you. <laughs> legacy wise, do you want to have an answer for that one? Or do you? I think when it comes to a legacy, I mean, I feel like that's something we can't really be in charge of, you know, other than living your life in such a way where others will look at you and say, okay, that person lived an honest life. They found joy in areas of life that was important to them. And they tried to bring that to others. I think, I think people need to be genuine with who they are, be honest about what their motivations are, yeah. Why they do things. Why am I why am I doing this today right now? Oh, it's to provide for my family. Okay, that's a great reason. Right. You know. Now why am I being such a goofball on on the internet and posting this, you know? Why am I doing that? Is it to fill a hole that or a void that is missing in me somewhere? Or is it because I genuinely want to have fun and entertain? Right. Yeah. And do you have an answer for that or are those just kind of what you oscillate between? That's probably, that's probably just what I oscillate between. I Which would say, I think both are valuable. Like let's not downplay the fact that we have to weigh those for ourselves yeah. all the time. And we should, we should be analyzing that. Do you feel like at the end of your life, looking back, you will be proud of yourself for doing what you're doing now? 100%. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I, I will not regret essentially working a second job that I don't get paid for doing this YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> it and having has been, a blast. And having a blast. Yeah. I've met so many great people. In fact, uh, what, what's crazy is, is what, I mean, what I love about the stuff I do in particular is it's so organic. Like there's a certain, there might be a certain plan that you want to do, but 
you know, I drew this character out of a, out of a five minute sketch one time. And it, all it was, was this, I had no idea what I was going to draw. I just boom, hit the timer. Let's make a character. Uh, okay. And I drew a circle and then I put big, big ears on him. And all of a sudden it kind of looked like a cat and I put a cool visor on him. You know, I tried to give him a gun really fast and it, the gun ended up looking like a hairdryer, you know, just really stupid. Right. This five minute sketch. And then I was looking at it later and I began to make other sketches based on him and it kind of became this character that it everybody... gave him life. Yeah, it gave him life. Yeah. And people really liked it. They, they liked... So, and the joke was like, okay, so here's this cool cat who's like this vigilante, but... And because... Because I had made the joke his gun was a hairdryer, maybe he just likes the bad guys to have good, nice hair, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was this totally dumb, <laughs> silly thing that yes. just kind of started to take off and get legs. And I made more drawings of him and more drawings of him. And now he's the icon. His little face is the icon of my channel. And uh, and I'll do these mashups where, where like, I'll draw uh, two characters that have nothing to do with each other, like Homer Simpson and Rogue from the X-Men. And they're just, what would the character look like if that they had a baby, you know, right. or something. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and genuinely one of the, the best things about what I'm doing now is I'll just laugh my tail off <laughs> while I'm drawing <laughs> these things, you know, I love it so much. Um, one of these things that I did, these mashups that I did was a, a mashup between Terminator and Hellboy, which is a comic book character. Oh, I, and I've, and I don't even read comics really. I know who some of these characters are. Right. But I'm like, okay, let's do a mashup between them. And one of, m one of my subscribers, who is this phenomenal artist in Austria, mm -hmm. he really liked that one in particular. And he said, I'm going to draw that. And he ended up drawing it. And he sent it, that drawing to me. And on the drawing, there's like a, there's like a patch or a, um, a picture of of Kitty, the, the, this other character, that, that the hairdryer, you know? And it was this, such this cool, like, holy cow, I've made all these cool online friends, yes. some of which are phenomenal artists, and suddenly one of them is redrawing my artwork with yes. my original creation on it, and he sent it to me on the other side, from the other side of the world. Yeah. You know? It's so cool. It's, it's so cool. That's, I mean, talk about connectivity of just finding some small spark in you that n you wanted to explore. Exactly. I mean, all of that from, from just following a whim. Exactly. And I will say it's important to be authentically you when you do these things. I think there's a lot of pressure to do things a certain way or you need permission to Oh, you have to go to school. You have to go to art school to be an artist, and then you can show your stuff off, you know? Right. For example, it could be anything. Uh, as a creative person, you do not need permission from anyone to, to do anything creative. You just got to do it. Um, and I think we're all creative people. Yes. I think everybody has a creative side to them, and it may not be putting a pen to paper. It may not be drawing at all. Absolutely. But finding that way that you can create sparks and furthers your ability to connect and be productive and find joy in anything. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I guess the point that I, I was, I'm kind of leading to is 
that playfulness and energy and that that uh, that thing that you can't really pin down. Mm-hmm. That doesn't come out unless you're just being genuine, you know. Right. And just like none of none of that would have happened if I had been like, oh, this weird character with this stupid hair dryer gun. He he's not it's, good enough to it's show trash, and we're yes. going to put it exactly. We're let's, never going to touch that again. Let's not share this. Right. You know. So it's it's that yeah. it's that whole like I I think one of the best definitions of a leader that I ever read. I'm not saying I'm a leader. I'm just saying, but this can be applied to all like, areas of life. Yeah, is somebody who follows a passion in such a way where they don't care all the noise about around them that they move like a truck on a highway and they move so fast and so large that it creates this vacuum behind them that people just can't help be drawn into to be drawn into and want to stay behind them and go on that journey with them. Yes. And I, and I, I really feel like when I'm being my most authentic with this new venture that comes out in spades and it's, it's, it's such a breath of fresh air from the day-to-day grinding on retainers all day. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and do this. This has been enlightening, inspiring, wonderful interview. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Sarah, thank you so much for coming and, and inviting me to do this. This is so fun. Okay, Kyle is so calm. He has a really great presence on the mic and it was so easy to interview him because his conversation and storytelling were on cue and they just flowed. So Kyle, thank you for coming and sharing your story so everyone can benefit who listens. I have included links in the in the episode show notes to Kyle's YouTube channel and his entry video for the Jazza YouTube channel. And I would highly recommend watching them. They are inspiring and phenomenal. And watching Kyle just go after something as big as his project, it's amazing. Just just take my word for it and go watch. Watch this, his videos. It is pure audacity to take on a project as large as that. So well done, Kyle. And everybody go check it out. So three takeaways that I want you to grab from this episode are one, act on your old sparks. Remember something that used to light you up that you have not tried in a long time and go out and try it again. Even when you don't feel confident, even when you are very rusty, just try it. Number two is consistency pays off. It may seem daunting to try something again after a long break, but just give it a go. Give it a go more than once. Try it consistently until you make it a part of your life. Number three, authenticity pays off big. You will be remembered for who you really are. There is no set rules for who you have to be and you make the rules for you. The only way to make yourself better is by practicing being your best self. So show up to your own life, make something great for yourself because you're the one who has to live your life. All right, again, I am so glad you're here. If you have someone in your life that could use this episode, please share and refer this podcast to them. We've had a couple shares already. I love seeing people tag other tag me in posts. 
I love it when they refer their friends and and seeing people come to the podcast is really great getting really good feedback so I really appreciate that and here saying it once again maybe start with your weekends but make every day a playful one this podcast is fueled by my family's mission at the Oliver Fund. You can find us online at theoliverfund.org or on social media at the Oliver Fund and at Art of Play Podcast.